It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. P-Man here with you. It's a football Friday. Get you to the game weekend edition of the show. Thanks for dialing our way. As we uh, get ready for another weekend of Pirate football tomorrow, our coverage begins at 4 p.m. with the pre-show and then Pirate Game Day countdown from outside of Daddy Ficklet Stadium, the Town Bank Tower at 4.30. Rini Ngolia, college football analyst, is scheduled to be on with us uh, during the show tomorrow. So looking forward to having Rini, who will be on the television called The Pirates and Knights for the final time in the AAC coming up. So it'll be interesting. Uh, we're going to get to Doug Martin here in just a sec. We also will have Adler Augustine, who uh, coaches ECU Volleyball. Coach uh, Augustine will be uh, leading his Pirates tonight as they look for a uh, third straight home win as they are taking on the Memphis Tigers tonight. So uh, I'll be on the call along with Brittany Hoyt for ESPN+. Plus. So I might duck out of here a little bit early. Ben will get you home and landing safely. We'll check in with Coach Augustine uh, from uh, Minji's Coliseum coming up in just a few minutes uh, here. Uh, no Rose football tonight, uh, but there is uh, still uh, plenty going on out there in the high school slate. I'll run through that in a bit, but right now we welcome in the uh, coach one time of New Mexico State and Kent State, also offensive coordinator in Greenville for ECU. Now a man living a life of leisure back down at the coast, the great Doug Martin on the line uh, with us uh, here. As we uh, talk a little uh, ECU, UCF, and some college football. I understand, Coach. A birdie has told me you're going to be in Greenville tomorrow. When you get invited to come to a tailgate, you got you got to go, right? <laughs> an East Carolina tailgate especially. So, so, yeah, we're looking forward to getting up there and having some barbecue and watching a good football uh, game. Uh, excited uh. about coming. Hopefully see some more former players that I – was fortunate enough to coach there at one time. I've enjoyed running in a lot of those guys. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. So you, um, Coach, have uh, – so unlike Gus Malzahn, you have no problems with Eastern North Carolina barbecue. <laughs> if he has a problem with that, he's got severe <laughs> problems. He needs to get some therapy or something, man. <laughs> he likes brisket. You know, that's what he says. He, he likes brisket, but he's not a fan of, of barbecue. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just merely here to report what's be, to be reported. So, well, at some point you've got to expand your horizons. Yeah. Don't you? All right. So let me, you, you're kind of well-traveled uh, coach Doug Martin with us here. You grew up near Knoxville and we're going to talk about the Tennessee win over Alabama. What, what style is that Tennessee, you know, Eastern Tennessee barbecue? Uh, you know what? It's the tomato-based barbecue, that which Lexington, I was never. Yeah, that Lexington was, nonsense. Yeah, yeah I, I was you. never a fan of that. Right. Never a fan of it. I actually didn't really like barbecue until I came to East Carolina. And, <laughs> what do they you know, have started, in Kentucky then? Because weren't you in Kentucky for a little bit? We were in Kentucky, but it was the same up there. Ah. You know, you, you got to be careful up there. It could be horse meat. You never know what you're eating <laughs> up there. All right. What about New Mexico? What's the what's the delicacy of New Mexico? Well, that that now that is the best Mexican food you'll ever eat in your okay. life out there. I was ruined with that because 
the green chili that they put oh, on everything out there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I will just tell you, if anybody has a chance to go get Mexican food in New Mexico, go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is outstanding. Uh, an underrated, for my money, uh, barbecue. Uh, Indiana, Indianapolis. It's Chunks. It's, really? Yeah, it's Chunks. And they you put a barbecue sauce on it, but it is Chunks, and it's pretty good. So if ever All in right. Indianapolis, just always, always remember that. Put that on the list. Um, so uh, Alabama lost, and I, I heard the NCAA is going to expand the playoff this year. Is that true, Coach? Can you tell? Can you confirm that, Coach? Since Bama I can't lost, confirm, <laughs> I can't f- confirm that, but I would not doubt that. <laughs> well, let's just start there because uh, obviously, uh, what a game that was! And to have Alabama's kicker, who has struggled mightily, miss a kick and then come back with. Uh, a pass to put up, put yourself in a position to hit the 40 yarder as time expired. That's pretty remarkable stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was just a great football game. Wasn't it going back and forth and kind of like a heavyweight fight. They're both punching each other out. And uh, I I just think that coach Heupel at Tennessee has done an incredible job because like you and I talked before, that was a real dumpster fire when he walked in there. I mean, they were getting ready to go on probation. They had players transferring out and you know, what he's done in a short amount of time is remarkable. And, it's a testimony to, again, if you've got a real deal quarterback, you know, you've got a chance to be an elite team and and coaching matters. You know, that quarterback was at Virginia Tech, uh, Hendon Hooker. He was at Virginia mm-hmm. Tech and was just an average player. All of a sudden, he transfers to Tennessee, gets in a new system. He's with a coach that's proven he can coach quarterbacks. And, man, all of a sudden, this guy's, you know, Heisman candidate. You know, it's funny, uh, and you've uh... – and Steve Logan has fiddled around with quarterbacks, as Coach Logan likes to say, uh, in your time. Is it sometimes as simple as just the system? Is that really what it's as simple as at times for, for quarterbacks? You, you know what? Certain players thrive in in certain systems, but I, you know, I think a good foot offensive system can adapt to what style of quarterback you have. You know, I mean, we had Mark Crandall, right, who was – you know, very mobile, could run, could throw on the run, and he thrived. And we had David Gerard, who David was really a drop-back passer. I mean, he could run and everything, but that wasn't David's game. Right. You know, and he thrived. And Steve had Jeff Blake before that, who, who was, you know, a, a smaller quarterback that needed to be on the move a little bit. And he, and all of those players played in the same system. You know, Julian Edelman played in this system because I took it to Kent State. And Josh Cribbs, and both of them had great college careers and – you know, went on to play in the NFL, different positions, but went on playing the NFL. Right. Both had great careers as college quarterbacks, and they were different. But you know, and then all the way to 2017 at New Mexico State, I had a, a drop back passer. Tyler Rogers was our quarterback, and same system, same system we ran at East Carolina. And uh, you know, Tyler finished third in the nation in passing offense. And when you got to that bowl game and won a bowl game, so you know, I think it's uh, you know just adapting your system to the quarterback, yeah. and then. There's a lot to be said, you know, about that relationship of who's coaching the quarterback and the quarterback, the relationship that they have. That, that's that got to be a tight bond. I mean, it's really different than coaching any other position. You, you guys really got to think together. You got to think alike right. if it's going to work well. And there's got to be a lot of communication and trust there. We got Coach Doug Martin here. Do you uh, – the, the, they call now, I guess, the system with the RPO. What do you like about that system, and, and what do you see as its drawbacks? Yeah, you know, there's different uh, 
different types of RPOs out there. I, I, the the negative of it is if you're playing a team that can really lock you down and play man coverage, it becomes really difficult, you know, to get those guys open and, and to be able to throw the ball down the field. Now, if you're playing a zone team, uh, then it's much easier. Now, the the advantage is it really does put a strain on the linebackers and the people in the box because, you know, your offensive lineman can go three yards downfield now. So the reads that linebackers used to get as far as pass run are completely eliminated right, right. with the RPO system, and and it does put a stress on on defenses. You know, Tennessee, who we were talking about earlier, they have a totally different uh, RPO type of system, and it's probably not quite RPO, but, you know, they split their wide receivers out so wide that the horizontal part of the field is so much difficult for the defense to defend that mm -hmm. you end up creating one-on-one -on -one mashups with safeties on receivers. And that's where they get really effective. So there's a lot to be said for it right now. And it's like I said, the, the rules are all made for the offenses to score right now. The defenses are really at a, at a disadvantage right now. Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, let, let's turn our attention to, to this week and with East Carolina and let's go back and, and talk about last week before we do, uh, they, uh, win a four overtime, uh, game in which they trailed 17 to nothing third largest comeback in the, the history of the program. Uh, that was uh, that was a wild game on Saturday night, and it took a couple of defensive plays, particularly the interceptions, and then the Pirates started to get to the uh, quarterback Hennigan for for Memphis to kind of turn the tide for the Pirates. Yeah, I think that the turnovers were huge. You know that Memphis had been winning by winning the turnover margin, and you know East Carolina flipped that script on them. Um, and I think had a pick six too, right? The defense yep. scored a touchdown, yep. which was huge. Julius Anytime Lord, your yep. defense can score a touchdown, that is huge for you. So that turnover margin was was just probably the biggest point of the whole game. And then, you know, I'll say it again, Patrick, I say it every week, you got to score 30 points. You know, East Carolina's won four games now, and all four of them they've scored 30 points. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's where college football is right now. You got to get points on the board. And uh, that was a great character check, though, by East Carolina, their players, their coaches, and – the way they came through that and to get that win. And, hey, man, it doesn't matter if it's one point or, you know, 50 points, a win's a win. Coach Doug Martin with us here. The overtime now is, you know, 25 yards, four plays. First overtime you can kick. Second overtime you got to go for two if you get the touchdown. Uh, and then it's just a bunch of two-point conversions uh, after that. Four overtimes, of course, between ECU and Memphis. Do you like that uh, – the, the college overtime rules it's set forth right now? Yeah, I really liked it the way it was before where you just kept playing, but, you know, after the, I believe after the third one, you had to start going for two. Right, yeah. Uh, I know why they changed it, and there are some valid reasons there. It was done for, you know, to eliminate the seven overtimes. We had a couple, and, you know, players get exhausted, and there's probably more injuries there. So this is probably a good balance. Um, it does make it interesting. The two-point plays, when you get down to where it's all about the two-point play, that's the most difficult place for the offense there. I know people say, well, you're only three yards away, you'll be able to score. Well, the field is so compressed down there, and you can't stretch it vertically at all. So the passing game becomes really, really difficult down there, and that's what makes it so exciting. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's probably in a good place for as far as the health of the players it's probably good rules the way they have it now. Coach, did you have uh, just regular menus of two-point plays that you would kind of have that you would run if you were going to run them, or did you limit it to just a few? How, how did you approach, you know, the two-point 
try or would you just run your best play if it ever came to a time where you needed to run a two-point conversion for whatever reason? Yeah, no, we always had two two-point plays scripted, practiced, ready to go. So the players knew, all right, the first time we go for two, it's going to be on the left hash. We're running this play. The second go for two is going to be on the right upright. We're running this play. So you practice that all week. And then once it got down to the rules, like you're talking about now, where there's a lot of go for twos, if you get into a couple of overtimes, uh, we started adding to that and carrying about three more. So, you know, those are situational offense where you really take a lot of time to prepare and to plan and and make sure you got a good uh, opportunity there. As an offensive you know, guy, basically, is that any, is that fun to, to come up with that challenge or is it just because the two point conversion is so tough to get, it's, it's, it's kind of like going to the dentist in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be, if you're going to be good at it, you've got to have some creativity down there. You know yeah. I mean? Just throwing a fade route is not, I mean, you're just depending on a great throw, a great catch and beating a defensive back. You know, you've got to be a little more creative now, I think, than than what people were in the past. Yeah. A lot of misdirection, things like that. The quarterback run, pass option down there again is pretty good. So it takes a little more work. I, I do enjoy that part of it. I enjoyed the strategy part of, of football, um, situational offense, and that's how we practiced. UCF into town this weekend, uh, Saturday night game, and uh, the uh, Knights just destroyed Temple. Uh, they've got a couple extra days to prepare or rest, however you want to you know, go about that. Five and one, unbeaten in the AAC. Now, they have uh, not left the state of Florida till this weekend. Yeah, I don't know if that much matters. I guess it does. But, um, you know, here they are uh, coming in. I, they have a really, really good defense, at least one that's played really, really well uh, to, to this point, and they've just not allowed a ton of points. And uh, then the last two times out, they took advantage of a hurt SMU team and then a, a, a talent-deficient Temple team and really rolled up a lot of points. So uh, I don't know how much study you may have committed to them, but uh, tell us what your impressions of the Knights are. Yeah, I mean, first of all, playing in Greenville, that's an advantage for the Pirates. I mean, anytime you're playing here, it, it, I don't care who's coming in here, that, that's an advantage for East Carolina. So hopefully that will help them. I, I agree with you. you. know They're playing pretty good defense, Central Florida. Um, they're not giving up a lot of points. I think about 14 points a game. Where they're playing really good is down the red zone. Uh, out of 21 trips, they've only given up five touchdowns, which that's that's huge. You know That's really good defense down there. So East Carolina is obviously going to have to spend a lot of time working in that area and have a good plan about how to attack the end zone because they're going to need touchdowns to win this game. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Central Florida is really interesting to watch offensively. I, I enjoy watching them. They're really a run-oriented team, uh, play with a lot of tempo. Gus Malzahn has always had a lot of quarterback runs and things like that. Their, their quarterback can throw. He throws better when he's on the run uh, and moving. He's not really a pocket thrower. Uh, but, man, he can run, and he can make plays, and he can stretch plays and keep plays alive until a receiver comes open. And a lot of their touchdowns, you know, come off of things like that. They've got good skilled kids, but a lot of times it's, you know, broken plays and that quarterback's running around and all of a sudden somebody gets turned loose and he finds somebody. So um, they've got a lot of good skilled players. Obviously, Florida's a really fertile area to recruit, and uh, they've got a good-looking football team. You, We've talked about Holton Naylor's a lot. We've talked about various offensive players. I don't know how much you, you and I have talked on the air about Keaton Mitchell. But he winds up with 149 yards. He averages over five a carry and three touchdowns. Um, 
it looked healthy. You know, didn't didn't look so mm-hmm. look, didn't look as healthy. Let's just say at uh, at, at Tulane, uh, but he looked like himself. And I mean, he's quicker than a hiccup. And boy, just to have a guy that anytime he gets his hands on the ball, odds are he's going to make something happen. That that has to also be a real luxury for a play caller. Oh, there's no question. He's he's a weapon. The thing I like about him and, and all the running backs like him are they make your offensive line better. You know, if, if you block a play that's blocked good enough to gain five yards because of his ability to make people miss in the open field and even in, in the hole at times, you know, he can stretch that into an eight, nine, ten-yard gain. And, you know, running backs like that are are rare. And uh, they're a lot of fun to coach because, the, you know, again, they're, they're, they've they're got the ability to make plays better than what you blocked them for. Yeah. Uh, if you were, uh, you know, what, what are the areas East Carolina has to really excel in to win on Saturday night? Well, I, I think one thing is offensively, you know, Central Florida is going to score some points. I mean, they just are. They score on everybody. So I think ECU has got to be great at answering scores you know, and stay in this game, you know, and it doesn't matter if they score a touchdown and you get a field goal, that's okay. As long as you're answering scores, you're keeping yourself in the game, you're keeping your defense playing hard. Um, and then I think East Carolina down the red zone, when they get down there, it's they're going to need touchdowns and, and UCS has been really good in the red zone. So that'll be a test. Um, but, you know, look, these games, anybody's beatable in college football oh, yeah. you know, nowadays. I mean, and, and Central Florida is not, you know, unbeatable by any stretch. East Carolina's got a talented football team, and if they can get the right matchups and they can get this game into the fourth quarter where they're within striking distance, then, hey, you know, they'll have a great chance to win it. Hey, Coach, thanks to, for the time. Hope we'll uh, see you out there tomorrow, and uh, good to talk to you. Sounds good, Patrick. Take care, buddy. Doug Martin is fantastic on these uh, segments we do with him. It's a real I – mean, we're we're thrilled that he is agreeing to give us some of his time to do it because he's, he's really fantastic uh, at it and, uh, and just so smart in uh, analyzing the game. Uh, we have a uh, night where there is no Rose football, awfully late in the season to not be – or to be having your uh, off week. But that's the case here in what is week 10 of the high school football season for the Ramp. It's kind of a, a tough loss they came off of last week at the hands of a really good Newburn team. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, maybe good to uh, to kind of regroup here and, and make a push for the uh, for the postseason. Rampants will be highly ranked in 3A as they'll get the uh, top seed uh, potentially out of the uh, 3A portion of the league. It all comes down to Havelock next week. All right, uh, coming up uh, tonight, some games of uh, interest. Uh, it is Farmville and Green Central in that uh, rivalry there. They'll be playing one another tonight. North when Pitt some- will host West Craven. South Central will host Jacksonville tonight. Conley gets their crack at Newburn tonight, staying in the Big Carolina Conference. Northside Jacksonville will be at uh, Havelock. Other games, we've got uh, Wallace Rose Hill at East Duplin. Southwest Onslow at James Keenan. Rosewood at North Duplin. Riverside at South Creek. We've got uh, West Carteret at Swansboro tonight. White Oak at Richlands. South Lenore at North Lenore. It's a rivalry game over in Lenore County. Uh, staying in Lenore County, Rocky Mount Academy at Parrot Academy. They're having a big wing fling over in Cape Town tonight. Bertie at Washington County. Perquimans at Gates County. Manio at Hertford County. Union at Hopton. Northside Pinetown at Lejeune. Pamlico will be at Jones Senior. Southside at East Carteret. Washington 
at Southwest Edgecombe, Spring Creek at Goldsboro. Princeton hosts Bettingfield. It'll be uh, Edenton, uh, well, actually, Edenton Homes played last night. Pasquatank, uh, first flight. Currituck Northeastern, Croatan at Dixon. Madam Mesquite at Hopgood Charter. And it is uh, Columbia at Mount Zion Christian Academy. Pungo Christian at LAAS on this Friday. All right, stay tuned. When we come back, we'll check in with uh, ECU volleyball coach Adler Augustine on the Get You to the Weekend edition of the PJ Show. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it. <laughs> or tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. If you want the best steak in Eastern North Carolina, then remember this name. The Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A Stantonsburg Road in Greenville. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal. The Seahorse Grill Master, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. You're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. Hello, Eastern North Carolina. Matt Murchison here at Greenville Nissan. I'm along with Scotty Turner. Hello, Matt. What's up, man? Good to see you, bud. What's behind us right now? <laughs> Hello, Eastern North Carolina. It's good to see you today. Listen, we got plenty of new cars in stock right now. We got rogues like crazy. We got lots of rogues, which is a good thing because yep. it's our best-selling SUV. Lots of Pathfinders, Centras, Altimus, Frontiers. We got a whole row of, uh, we got Titans. We got Titans. We got everything in stock right now. And that's a good thing, Matt, because that's one thing we haven't had since spring. That's right. It's, you're exactly correct. This is best inventory amount that we've seen since the spring. And like Scotty said, we got a great selection of rogues. We got all-wheel drives. We've got front-wheel drives. We've got SVs, SLs, Platinums, all colors right there. It's all right here. We got a great selection of Pathfinders, the all new redesigned Pathfinder. It's a fun vehicle to drive. It is, and it gives us that third row seat capability that we love so much and the price range that we like. And that's right. And with the purchase of a new vehicle here at Greenville Nissan, you also get engine for life here. Yeah, check us out at GreenwellNissan.com and Greenville Nissan, where we drive to serve. Turn your car into cash with an instant Kelly Blue Book offer from Barber Hendrick Honda in Greenville. Go online to BarberHendrickHonda.com to value your trade, explore inventory, and apply for financing all from the comfort of home. At Barber Hendrick Honda, we have great deals on new inventory and an extensive used inventory that includes all makes and models. Schedule service for your vehicle online and take advantage of our monthly specials. Barber Hendrick Honda, a proud member of the Eastern North Carolina community at the point of Greenville Boulevard and Memorial Drive. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates host UCF this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. It's we are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for Pirate Football. 94.3 The Game. 
Log on to our new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Show podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Friday, Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, thrilled to be back over at Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum uh, coming up a little bit later on uh, this evening as uh, we're going to have ECU Volleyball. Uh, and it's uh, Memphis in tonight. Pirates uh, just behind them in the AAC standings. Coach Adler Augustine is uh, with us here. Back on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, great to talk to you here uh, right on a, a game day. Thanks for taking some time with us here. Uh, great to have you yeah. back. Awesome, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, love talking Pirate Volleyball. Well, let's uh, talk about this team. It's young, but, uh, boy, they are exciting, and they seem real connected on and off the court, and I think that's a big thing as you build this program up. Yeah, it is. Uh, the culture was probably uh, one of our main uh, main focus uh, as soon as we walk uh, in the door. Uh, I think we're finally at a good point. Um, the team is, uh, they, they love each other on and off the court. They play well with each other. Um, there's always, uh, they're encouraging of each other. I think that's why we're winning some of the, the close matches. No one's putting their heads down. When, when we're not up, they're, they're uh, uplifting each other. So um, when you get in those tight matches, that's when you see it uh, coming out for sure. I want to ask you about uh, your sensational freshman, Anales Alderete. Uh, she's been excellent, a three-time honor roll honoree by the AAC uh, so far this season. She comes to you from uh, South Florida. Uh, you told us a great story in, in preparing for one of the ESPN Plus broadcasts about when you first kind of encountered her. And uh, yeah. I mean, what an explosive, athletic, and dynamic player for the Pirates. Yeah, she's uh, she's all that and more. Um, she's also excellent in the classroom. Um, great personality. A little quiet at times, but uh, but she plays loud. Uh, she has a huge arm. Could crush the ball. Jumps well. Uh, probably I knew she was going to be good, but I didn't know uh, it would be as soon as on first game, first serve. She would be playing. You know, all conference kind of type. Uh, uh, play right she's playing exceptionally well um every opponent we've played so far all the coaches always come up to me like man you're number three she's out of this world <laughs> so we're just so happy to have her on our team ecu volleyball coach adler augustine is with us the pirates uh played tonight against memphis six o'clock williams arena Minji's coliseum and then sunday at noon it will be uh, the pink game for the uh, pirates is yes. a very good and uh talented SMU team uh, comes in. I want to ask about a couple more players. Uh, Izzy Marinelli is a uh, another uh, youngster for this Pirate team uh, out of Pennsylvania, a redshirt freshman, uh, didn't, didn't see the court last year because of the redshirt year. And so she is kind of uh, getting, I don't say getting the rust off, but getting back certainly in the flow of things. And she's had some tremendous outings for you this season. Yeah, she has. Um, we, I always knew Izzy would be a really good player, but there wasn't 
a space for to, to play last year. I always think if you're not going to play, you know, more than 50% of the games, uh, and then if we think you're going to be a, a really good player for us, we should we should redshirt you. And, and, and volleyball, it's one game. You, we play close to 30, but if you just appear in one game, wow. um, that's the entire season. Hmm. Um, so it's either nothing <laughs> at all. Uh, that's the only way you could redshirt. So, um, you know, having her uh, play a lot in the spring training and getting ready for this season, she's had some, you know, incredible matches. She's a little different than Angeles, meaning uh, their, their game play is different, which is great because as, as an opponent, you have to game plan for two different styles. She's more dynamic. Um, she's probably jumping, touching 10, 6, 10, 7. Mm. So she can go over people. Um, she could hit some angles that uh, only some of the, you know, players in the top ten uh, could hit. Uh, but she's just getting right now. She's just trying to get more consistent. And once that happens, uh, man, she's going to be scary. Coach, uh, maybe some other players that uh, have impressed you from this uh, really exciting young team. Yeah, uh, I would say Carlia Northcross, uh, our middle from Memphis. Uh, she's also a freshman. Uh, you know, after the first game, we joked uh, she didn't have a good outing in her very first match. She was nervous, maybe. Um, and then she kind of was under the radar. And then maybe three weeks ago, um, she started playing better again, maybe got her confidence back. We talked about it. Uh, and then from then, she's been a starter uh, and, you know, doing some really uh, cool things. Uh, I think she's in the top 10 in blocks, maybe somewhere in there. So uh, she's definitely going to keep getting better. Uh, the other, um, I would say, uh, person that's uh, doing really well for us right now is uh, Kinsey in the libero jersey. Uh, moving her from setter uh, to libero, is, it's huge. That's Not too many people can do that. That's like taking, I don't know, your quarterback and saying you got to be a center. Um, and now you gotta you you gotta protect uh, the other quarterback and you're not you've never done it before the snap counts and and handing it off or being a guard or something like that you got the protection versus throwing it's different Uh, it's probably that kind of difference in volleyball like it's not something they do and to to go from you know doing it for the first time this year um, she's probably in the top five in digs and defense Uh, that's that's a big thing for us uh, and a testament of how hard she works to, to get better. With North Cross, uh, Coach Augustine, uh, obviously you've got Memphis tonight. She's a freshman from Memphis. How, how'd she yep. get off their radar? Uh, I mean, good for the Pirates, but uh, boy, I, I bet she's going to be a little extra motivated maybe this evening. I mean, yeah, probably. Uh, I'm not too sure. And nor do I care, <laughs> but uh, we're just happy that she's here. And yeah, she and then they didn't take her, so yeah, that's how we look at it. Good test for you all tonight. Uh, uh, last weekend down in Florida, maybe not your best uh, pair of outings. It's tough with a young team to go on the road and and, and win. Uh, we know that, and that's part of the learning curve. I know it's it's not what you necessarily want, but I I think you realize and and. You know, if you look at this from the big view, this is a team that's evolving every time we see them. So another learning experience, albeit a tough pair last week. But prior to that, three in a row, and that's the first time in a few years the Pirates had won three in a row in league play. So the the steps towards where you want things to go seem like they are uh, they're heading in the right direction. 
Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, everything is uh, moving forward. I thought we could have made it four in a row. Super tough match. Mm-hmm. Losing 17-15 yeah. in, the, in the fifth set would have made it four in a row. But, you know, everything, it seems like everything we do, it's uh, first in, I don't know, five, six years. Like beating Cincinnati, getting three in a row, things like that. It's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's great for us, but also kind of like, man, it's been a, a while since uh, Pirate Volleyball uh, has been doing um, some some cool things. But uh, again, this is more to, you know, the players working hard, uh, buying into the what we're preaching them. Um, so they're, they're starting to see some success, which is cool. Every time um, they, they hit a new milestone, um, they, they talk about it, they get excited. Uh, and then they're always asking, okay, what next can we do? Right. Like, uh, how far do we want to take it? Um, and so I like I like the, where the group is right now. Obviously, more wins. We would all be excited about that. But like I said, um, we played last week. Um, this is as young as you get, right? Um, <laughs> we'll have six out there, and it's two freshmen. I mean, two sophomores and four freshmen at wow. times. Wow. Um, so, and, and they're competing or probably the probably the youngest starting group in the league uh, and competing against teams that, you know, they have nothing but juniors and seniors and grad transfers that are playing. So um, we don't look at it that way when we talk in the, in the locker room, like, oh, we're young, it's okay. We always talk about, hey, let's control our side. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever they do on the other side of the net, we can't we can't control like how we dig, how we play, how we attack. That's that's what we care about, uh, and we just try to make them better in those instances. But I know the more we play, um, the better we'll get, and the more experience we'll get. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Coach. As always, uh, thank you for taking a few minutes. We'll see you in a little bit uh, at Minji's. But uh, if you had to give uh, fans uh, for you know keys against the Memphis team that you're very close to in the standings for tonight, what would they be? Wow. Uh, Memphis is a really good team. Uh, they're playing uh, some good volleyball better than they did last year. Um, so for us, it's to, um, you know, play an exciting brand of volleyball, get after it, uh, put the pressure on them, see if, uh, let's see if Memphis could walk the plank, right? See, he's already got all the vernacular down. And, and, and unlike <laughs> Gus Malzahn, he likes barbecue from Eastern North Carolina. Adler Augustine <laughs> likes it. He's just not a brisket law like Malzahn with UCF. So, all right. Uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Uh, and, uh, Coach, always great to talk to you. Enjoy uh, catching up with you and enjoy watching the progress of your program. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Go Pirates. First serve at the top of the hour for Pirate Volleyball. If you can't make it out, I hope you'll patronize us over on ESPN Plus tonight. I'll be bringing you the call of that one. Okay, uh, I'm going to head over to the uh, arena now. So Ben Byram will get you the rest of the way. We'll have a 94-3 The Game Sports Update with the very latest news coming up and then a uh, quasi-pirate report from Ben, and he'll set the table for everything this weekend, which uh, I'll see you out at the stadium at 4.30 tomorrow. All right, have a great rest of your weekend. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next week and see you over on the TV side in just a little bit. Ben Barm here for your 94 through the game sports update. Christian McCaffrey is heading back to the Bay. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that San Francisco 49ers have acquired Pro Bowl running back Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers in exchange for draft picks. McCaffrey played college ball at Stanford before being selected by Carolina with the eighth overall pick in 2017. 
26-year-old has been hampered by injuries in recent seasons after earning Pro Bowl honors in 2019. The NFL Network reports the Niners are sending Carolina a second, a third, a fourth-round draft pick in 2023, and a fifth-rounder in 2024. Awful. Just awful. The Panthers are looking to get a win over their division rivals this weekend when they host the Bucks. The team will hope to take advantage of Tom Brady's recent frustrations. Quarterback Sam Donald will return to practice this week for the first time since the preseason. However, interim head coach Steve Wilkes already announced P.J. Walker will start. Thursday night high school football finals. JP2 wins over Carrier Christian 56-18. Edenton beats Camden County and shuts them out 42-0. And Pasquotank defeats First Flight 26-19. Tonight on Groove and Always 94-1, Havelock hosts the Northside Jacksonville. High school volleyball playoff brackets are out. Jay Troves is in it. D.H. Conley's in it. Farmville Central and Aiden Griffin as well. A lot of teams in Eastern North Carolina competing. We've got the brackets posted on 94th of the Games Facebook page. Opening round begins play tomorrow. Meantime, Parrott's volleyball team advances to the third round of the NCISAA state playoffs with a win on Thursday. And that's going to do it for your 94th of the Games sports update. We'll have more. As we take over, only the shot is a quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Optimum Business is here with 24-7 business customer support. Get closer to your goals so you can go farther with products like secure internet with speeds up to one gig. Learn more at Optimum.com slash business. New business customers only. Price includes auto pay discount. Additional restrictions, taxes, and fees apply. Visit website for details. Atavola in Greenville is your local marketplace. Atavola offers diverse menu selections, casual lunches, and family meals ready to go. At Atavola, they specialize in the creative use of fresh ingredients, seasonal menu selections, and fun culinary creations that will satisfy even the pickiest taste buds. Treat yourself to lunch or dinner at Atavola and make sure to join them in the bar on Saturdays from 4 to 11 with friends to enjoy the limited menu that includes many of your favorites. Atavola, Red Banks Road, Greenville. Have you visited the new hotspot for lunch, dinner, and late night in downtown Greenville? It's Fifth Street Hardware. Uh, a hardware store serving food? No, it's in the old hardware store location where Winslow's was located, but it's under new ownership and the menu is completely different. Different? How? Fifth Street Hardware is family friendly. They have great event spaces for meetings or receptions and some awesome outdoor seating. The food is outstanding. You've got to try their hardware starters. Hardware starters? <laughs> yeah, it's appetizers. They call them hardware starters. Incredible onion rings, hot chips, loaded nachos and fried pickles, plus traditional wings. The food is really good. From their classic burger and sandwiches to their awesome steaks and seafood. Wow, they even have seafood? Yeah, it's totally different. You have to try it. And Fifth Street Hardware has music, poker, and trivia during the week and Saturday and Sunday brunch from 1030 to 2. They're open late nights Friday and Saturday until midnight. It's a really fun spot. Fifth Street Hardware in the old hardware building on Fifth Street in downtown Greenville. Optimum Business is here with 24-7 business customer support. Get closer to your goals so you can go farther with products like secure internet with speeds up to one gig. Learn more at Optimum.com slash business. New business customers only. Price includes auto pay discount. Restrictions, taxes, and fees apply. Visit website for details. Just follow me. We're doing it for the gram. Check out pics from the PJ Show and more. Plus, pics from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. 
now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. It's been borrowed, Mr. Announcer. PJ's no longer here. He's getting ready for the volleyball match of the night against Memphis. The party starts the party now. The party starts right freaking now, baby. Let's, let's go. Let's get it going. Let's get a Pirate Report out of the way. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Free Friday. Friday. Yeah. Let's go. We've been drinking too much coffee, man. All right, go ahead with the power. You, you might be start. drinking something else. Anyways, <laughs> ECU basketball held their annual media day on Wednesday. Our guys were on the scene. We caught up with a lot of the new players coming into the basketball program. One guy who was under the radar in recruiting was Caleb LeCount, a point guard. A little undersized at 5'8", I believe, which is very undersized. That's only a little teeny bit taller than me. Yeah, and you're a small guy. I'm a really small guy, yeah. Yeah. Caleb LeCount was the player of the year in California, but despite his size at the point guard position and being small, he only got one other offer from Kent State. Caleb LeCount has a lot to prove, and he talks about head coach Mike Schwartz taking over at the helm for ECU basketball. He says he's one of the best coaches he's probably ever coached him. He just always keep it real. Like whatever he's gonna tell you in private, yep. he's gonna tell to the whole team. Absolutely. So I feel like he's probably one of the best coaches I had so far. We haven't even played the season yet. He definitely interested to see how things develop with Caleb LeCount. From all accounts, a really good talent who's been look who's been kind of overlooked, a little under the radar, maybe a hidden gem that Mike Schwartz found over there in California. He also told me that this uh, a, a big factor in him coming to ECU was the fact Mike Schwartz had L.A. ties, Mike Schwartz, of course, from the area. So that definitely helped. He said he sweet-talked him a little bit with the L.A. lingo. So it's good to see Mike Schwartz, a great recruiter from all accounts, and uh, Caleb LeCount just proving that point. Moving on. Uh, new director, player of personnel for ECU basketball, Reggie Williams. Reggie Williams, of course, was a 10-year pro in the NBA. Uh, the first thing when I saw Reggie Williams, I was interested on why exactly he took the position at ECU. Uh, he's a man that made a lot of money in the NBA as a role player and all coming off the bench. Uh, made a career playing on the NBA over 10 years. Not a lot of people could say that. NBA probably one of the hardest leagues to stick around in for a significant period of time. Reggie Williams can say he did that. He talks about uh, just being able to take the job at ECU, what led into making that decision. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to come somewhere and build something special. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be the easiest, and not because of bad reasons. It's just new staff, new turnover, so you start fresh. And... Um, you know, to be a part of something and being able to build and grow something, I think uh, I just I love that feeling to be a part of that. It's good to hear, and it's good to hear Reggie Williams isn't doing it for the money. It just seems like a – I don't want to say it's a hobby. It seems like something he's genuinely interested in. He wants to work on it, work with these players, and make sure they get better, and you need people like that on your staff. And I think the players are a little bit more receptive to a guy who's played in the NBA. He's made it to the big time. He was a big-time player at Maryland – not Maryland, VMI, excuse me, was the uh, leading scorer in two different seasons as a college player at VMI. So this is a guy that's been successful on both levels in college and the NBA. I think the players are definitely stoked to have a guy like that 
on the staff, and it's good to see we're getting guys like that as we try to revamp this ECU basketball program. Moving on, a guy who was a big addition in the transfer portal a couple years ago, and Winston Tab spoke to us. Winston, I got Tabb, a class with him. Yeah, apparently Chris is yeah, like I got a class boys with, with this guy. <laughs> Winston Tab obviously coming off some major knee injuries, did not get to play the last two years for ECU because of that. He talks about just rehabbing from that knee injury, and uh, he just got cleared for full contact practice Tuesday and had practice before media day. It was his first practice uh, in full contact um, since he's been at ECU. He talks about how that practice went, full contact, a full go, how he was feeling. How did he feel after his full contact practice with ECU after two years? Really well. Um, you know, first practice back, you know, I don't want to do too much too early. So, you know, just get my teammates involved, make simple plays. Um, feeling confident in the knee. My legs are been the strongest they ever been, um, so that's a big confidence booster for me. And just yeah, just taking it uh, day by day. A couple weeks ago, he caught up with new ECU basketball head coach Mike Schwartz, and when trying to get a confirmation on Winston Tab's status, he says he's coming along. Obviously, it's good to hear that he's actually being able to be a full participant participant practice uh, and be involved in contact. But uh, that is a guy that was a big-time transfer for ECU, a guy that's had success in the cream of the crop uh, basketball conference in college basketball in the ACC of Boston College, a lights-out shooter, something ECU basketball is desperately needed. And Mike Schwartz did say that is a guy that don't expect them to play right from the jump in non-conference play, but he fully expects by the time we get into the conference play in the season that Winston Tabs will be a full go and will be playing for the Pirates. That's going to do it for today's Pirate Report, a short one. You can catch up on all the other comments and uh, videos from the players from ECU Media Day on our Twitter page, at 943 the game and our Facebook, 943 the game We got comments from Mike Schwartz, comments from Ezra Ozar, who's some, who made some interesting comments. He's going for Rookie of the Year. He's going for Defensive Player of the Year. He's got a chip on his shoulder. More comments from Winston Tabs. Every single player you can think of on ECU Basketball, it's up there on our social media pages at 94.3 The Game. Coming up on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show, the Carolina Panthers trade pretty much their offense Uh-oh. and Christian McCaffrey. Uh-oh. I'm pissed! <laughs> More on that on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show to wrap it up. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Football. 94.3 The Game. Optimum Business is here with 24-7 business customer support. Get closer to your goals so you can go farther with products like secure internet with speeds up to one gig. Learn more at Optimum.com slash business. New business customers only. Price includes auto pay discount. Additional restrictions, taxes, and peace apply. Visit website for details. Hi, I'm Derek Perry. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take personally. I'm committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Contact me, Derek Perry, today at 252-758-8886. Are you in good hands? 
Hey, I want to tell you about Wilson Rhodes Heating and Air Conditioning. They've been in the keeping you comfortable business for 60 years on Hooker Road in Greenville. Steve Rhodes, second generation, gives each customer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Wilson Rhodes, an authorized train dealer specializing in new installations, home replacements, service agreements on all makes and models. Go online at wilsonroads.com for simple financing options that are just a few clicks away. To get the job done right, Wilson Rhodes. You'll be comfortable in no time in Greenville. Join Bailey's Fine Jewelry of Greenville for an extraordinary Rolex event, October 21st and 22nd. For this event only, we'll have some of the most coveted vintage and current pre-owned models, including styles like the Rolex Daytona, Submariner, and iconic collector pieces like the Pepsi and Hulk, just to name a few. Collectors and first-time buyers, this is the watch event you will not want to miss. Visit Bailey's Fine Jewelry, 511 Red Banks Road, Friday, October 21st, and Saturday, October 22nd. Optimum Business is here with 24-7 business customer support. Get closer to your goals so you can go farther with products like secure internet with speeds up to one gig. Learn more at Optimum.com slash business. New business customers only. Price includes auto pay discount. Additional restrictions, taxes, and peace apply. Visit website for details. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben Byron filling in for the P-Man as he's on his way to ECU Volleyball versus Memphis. He'll be on the call on ESPN Plus later tonight. Tune in if you got nothing else going on on a Friday night. Chris Cook right alongside me who brought us this great soundbite here. <laughs> That's a fake laugh, by the way. I believe it's a real one. But it's Friday! <laughs> You're really stoked for Friday. Too much coffee, man. Yeah, I mean, the coffee here is like otherworldly. I don't know Ready what it is Ready for some Havelock place. football tonight, right? Yeah. Northside Jacksonville. Grooving Oldies 94-1. Check that out. Tune in. Anyways, the big news in football right now, out of college football, high school football, pro football, is obviously Christian McCaffrey getting traded to the Niners. And obviously I'm not upset because I saw it coming and I understand why it needed to happen, quite frankly. And that's nothing against Christian McCaffrey. His talents didn't need to be wasted in Carolina. And he's injury prone. And he's the highest paid running back in football. And the Carolina Panthers during this rebuild, you can't re- rebuild around a running back. That's just not smart football right there. But what bothers me is the trade itself. When I first saw it. I yeah, what like, are the details of the trade, actually? I'm not. A second, a third, and a fourth in this upcoming draft, and then a fifth in the following draft. Uh, uh, they couldn't even squeeze the first rounder out of him. Wow. Yeah, I, which doesn't shock me because, you know, running backs, uh, you know, they're very abundant in the league. You can find a good one who's probably not even signed to a team right now. For sure. That can give you 1,000 yards if he plays a full year. But we got to remember, when healthy, and that's a big if and when, when healthy, this dude's like yep. top tier. Well, I remember really first, top tier. first year under Matt Rule, our offense actually looked pretty competent under Teddy Bridgewater, and a lot of that was because of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, people forget, we were getting to shootouts with great offenses like the Raiders and the Chiefs in first year under Matt Rule and just lost by maybe like three points or a possession. I was convinced y'all were going to uh, – I'm a Packers fan. I was convinced y'all were going to beat us uh, in 2021. Absolutely. I was convinced. Yeah. I was like, wow, there's no way we're making it to the Super Bowl. And a lot of that is usually the uh, Christian McCaffrey effect. He's a guy that can change an offense. And Jim Zoki came on yesterday and he said, I expect him to go to a team that's a piece of way 
Um, from basically, they need that piece to get to a Super Bowl and be contenders. I would say the Niners are definitely that. Um, I saw the alternatives for who were involved in trade talks. Um, and one that puzzles me that they didn't delve into and maybe take more calls from and negotiate with. And maybe they did, but this seemed like a no-brainer. Negotiating with the L.A. Rams. And why I say that is because they're looking to get rid of Cam Akers, their running back. Young running back um, who's had some injury issues, but he's significantly cheaper than Christian McCaffrey. And like Christian McCaffrey, when healthy, uh, can revamp – well, not revamp, but elevate your offense to a degree – um, Cam Akers only played five games as a starter as a rookie and had 600 yards and three total touchdowns. I think that's phenomenal for only five games as a starter. Um, I would have thought you would have got involved with trade talks to find what I would be fine with this trade if, let's say, it's the same exact trade and you throw a Cam, Aker, Cam Akers in there. Oh, like those picks with a yeah, player like that? the exact same that's trade. Fair. You add in Cam Akers and I'll be thrilled. See, I was convinced he was going to the Bills. I was hearing all over Twitter, Facebook that the, it was this was like a lock-in. Yeah, I, you know you got to take that with a grain of salt. Usually, guys come up when it comes to trade rumors and just say things like that with no factual basis, and they know they're not big-time Twitter. They don't have a lot of Twitter followers, anyways. They're not check marks, so yep. if they end up being wrong, nobody's going to check them. And uh, Jim Zoki brought that up yesterday. That's another thing that bothers him about the media, and we saw that a lot for Christian McCaffrey. My problem with the Bills is they're not going to willing they're not going to be willing to give up any of their key pieces right now, and uh, I don't necessarily know what kind of draft compensation they have at their disposal. They're really willing to get rid of right now, but um, by all accounts, if they couldn't get a deal done with the Bills, that tells me the Bills weren't hawking up a lot. They weren't willing to give up a lot when it came to draft compensation, which goes back to my next point. I think Scott Fitterer might be one of the worst GMs in the league. Panthers GM right now. You traded valuable draft uh, draft picks for Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, and basically you're basic, you're trying to make up with that, trying to make up that with this Christian McCaffrey trade. Yeah, I don't know. Get the uh, what was the name of the song that you made of? Uh, I want them I, out. I want him yeah. gone. I want him gone. Yeah. I, d- In a way, you could look at it as we traded Christian McCaffrey and in turn got Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. And what does that got us? That's sad. Yeah, it is sad. That is like a big dookie. Like, that is (laughs) – Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's sad, man. And then I look at um, the day two and day three picks we've gotten under Scott Fitterer, and that's what we got for Christian McCaffrey was day two and day three picks. He struggles to pick on day two and day three. His best pick – on day two, as a GM of the Carolina Panthers, was Jeremy Chin. How much control do you think he gives like the coach in these picks, or do you think it's like solely on him? It's not solely on him. Um, I know Matt Rule had a heavy involvement um, when it came to drafting guys, but at the end of the day, the GM is the oh, end-all be-all. Yeah, he's the, the law of the land. And for, sure. and for the most part, during his tenure as GM, he has really fumbled the bag when it comes to day two, day three picks. Some that come to mind, um, people could say the jury's out, um, still, but I think it's pretty much set in stone. Terrace Marshall, you traded up for that guy in the second round. You traded back, actually, and settled for that guy as a wide receiver. Has barely seen the field, and when he has seen the field, it hasn't been pretty. Um, when you could have got valuable offensive linemen like Tevin Jenkins is a guy that's the starting right tackle out there right now. We could have used a tackle. There was a lot of solid, valuable linemen that were there on day two, and la- not last year's draft, but the year before. You want my opinion on it? Yeah, let's hear it. I think that they're going to start uh, tanking now. 
I could see that. Um, and that leads me to my next point. They're looking into trading DJ Moore. I'm for that. DJ Moore is not a superstar wide receiver. He doesn't get as many targets as uh, I feel like y'all were all talking about like at the beginning of the year. Yeah, no. And at the end of the day, um, DJ Moore is not a, a red zone threat. He doesn't get the touchdowns. He averages about four touchdowns a year. That okay, doesn't scream generational talent, superstar receiver to, to me. To be fair, look who's throwing the ball to him. That's true. I mean, I'm just being real with you. Look who's throwing the ball to him. At the end of the him. day, you got to step up in the red zone if you're supposed yeah, to be no, the guy right. at wide receiver, a top 10 receiver. And I've never believed DJ Moore was that guy. I'm fully on board for trading him, but I don't think you get a lot in turn um, in a trade for him. Well, you're fully on board with moving the team to London also. Absolutely. So, get yeah. this team out of here. <laughs> I want him gone. It represent. It does not represent our great state well. I fully believe that. Oh, I'm with you. And you I'm not even a fan, and I believe you. You want to see what the problem is with the Carolina Panthers? Exhibit A is David Tepper, the owner. And at the end of the day, we can't do anything about that. That's the state of the Carolina Panthers. Tomorrow, we'll bring you Pirate Game Day Countdown. That begins at 4 o'clock. Um, stay tuned. Our guys will be live on site. Terrence Copper, ECU football legend, and Patrick Johnson right outside of Town Bank Tower by the Pirate Club gates. Be sure to stop by during and that say time. Hey to say us. hey yeah. Check it out. It's almost like college game day for ECU right there on site. It's cooler than college game day, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. College game day sucks. I don't care what anybody says. Check it out. That comes your way live at 5 tomorrow as we bring you live local pregame coverage for Pirate Football. That's going to do it for me, Patrick Johnson, for the Patrick Johnson Show. Special thanks to Patrick Johnson. Special thanks to Chris Cook. We'll see you live at Monday, Patrick Johnson Show. Optimum Business is here with 24-7 business customer support. Get closer to your goals so you can go farther with products like secure internet with speeds up to one gig. Learn more at Optimum.com slash business. New business customers only. Price includes auto pay discount. Additional restrictions, taxes, and fees apply. Visit website for details. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Pirate Report brought to you by our pirate partners. Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood. Bring the whole family for great food. If it's not Moore's, it's less. Caripsy Restaurant in Emerald Isle. Exceptional steak, 